thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. I'm in the basement and it's hot. It is steamy and it's uh, and it's really humid as well. I don't know, we're getting Brisbane like in Sydney. Um, it, my palms are sweaty. Mum's spaghetti! Mum's spaghetti! Uh, my mother's spaghetti was awful. Anyway, um, do you reckon rappers can... I mean rappers like Eminem rappers, Mum's spaghetti, palms are sweaty... Um, orange rhymes with door hinge. Didn't know that. Orange door hinge. Kind of works, but sporange was the one I picked up, which is a real thing as well. Sporange is like a little bit of, um, it's like an, uh, not an alfalfa. What do you call it? The, um, what's that? M m mold? Must. No, what's the thing? It's a, it's like a little spore. It's a little spore of fung a fungal spore is a sporange. Anyway, you can look it up. You look it up. Gee, I don't have to do it. Anyway, um... Speaking of alfalfa, by the way, God, I had a great salad sandwich yesterday. Anyway, not what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, do you reckon rappers like Eminem and stuff, do you reckon they can, like, age grace? I mean, will they age gracefully? Because I don't think we've got to the generation of old rappers. I think Lee Scratch Perry, was he a rapper? No, he was kind of a little bit, though. He was involved in that scene. Um, I mean, LL Cool J acts now, but Ice-T and stuff. There's just something not to... Like, rock and rollers aging, they age good in a really terrible way. Like, it's that kind of heroin chic kind of thing but with rap it's just so bold and like right at ya I don't right at ya Jesus Christ what is rock anyway I'm just use on my vernacular for cool words has completely um effed off anyway hi how are you doing are you feeling pretty good I hope you're um I hope you're good thanks uh for continuing to I was well away away from the microphone then so I hope the first part of that recorded well anyway i hope you're doing good i've had some lovely messages this week so many nice things the kids shitting me to tears like this bloody two i don't know how like families uh, or parents imagine single parents i mean i'm pretty much single parenting at the moment because my partner is off working um anyway but i just don't know. imagine single parents how you do it with multiple children i just got the one and it's given me the shits She's giving me the shits. Uh, I don't know how you do it. That's why um, I'm going to lay out some lovely uh, Hawaiian music to chill me out while I do this. Um, which, you know, just kind of, just give me that vibe. Like I'm on holiday in my mind. Which is, I guess, is a, f a form of therapy in a way. If you can escape. Like um, Jamie Foxx in that film with Tom Cruise where he wanted to drive limousines and he had a picture of... Uh, yeah, but it was a Michael Mann film. It was a really good film, like real dad film, like um, action and all that shit and uh, chase, good chase sequences. Love Tom Cruise. I really, I don't think it's even controversial to say that he's great anymore because I've always thought that, I mean, yeah, whenever you're watching a Tom Cruise film, I, I'm always absorbed in a way that I know it's Tom Cruise, but I'm really into what Tom Cruise is doing. He's one of those actors where he's always Tom Cruise. Um, like De I mean, De Niro, they get all the plaudits. Like, you know, De Niro, Pacino, um, who's that old British fucker that My Left Foot, um, oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, they're the, you know, I guess Daniel Day-Lewis is probably one of the only actors who can actually um, inhabit 
um, inhabit, is that a word? Um, can really put himself, immerse himself into a role so much that the voice is so completely different. But when you look at like, you know, De Niro, um, and you're just like, oh, he's always just Robert De Niro, isn't he? Same as Jack Nicholson, always Jack Nicholson. Tom Cruise, always that way as well. But like, if I see Jack Nicholson doing, I mean, sorry, uh, Robert De Niro doing comedy, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really, I don't feel it works that well. And I know he's in Meet the Parents and he probably thinks he's funny. I think people are too scared to tell him he's not funny because he's really not that funny. Um, but anyway, like Tom Cruise, I think is magic. And I, I don't think he treads, or, I did tread into comedy. He did Tropic Thunder and he was really funny in that. Anyway, this is not what I'm here to talk about at all. Um, this is the meandering of my mind um, on a Wednesday afternoon. And I've just put out uh, a post on social media of me uh, talking about hot chips. And I'm really excited to see at the end of the podcast what people thought of it because ow um i put a bit of effort into it and i thought it was pretty funny in the end speaking of good movies i saw the banshees of anshanation and uh wonderful with the two wonderful actors and my god colin farrell he's another one as well who might be actually quite incredible he's so good in this movie he i think he outshines brendan gleason i know that i mean i love brendan gleason if you don't know what i'm talking about it's the ban the banshees of anshanation and um, I still don't know how to say it, and I think that's the point. It's uh, I can't remember the name of the director. Um, he did in Bruges and all sorts of great stuff. Seven Psychopaths, rah, rah, rah. Um, Anyway, I loved it. I thought I I didn't realise till the end what the whole film's about. I'm not going to give it away, but it, yeah, it's it's marvellous. Really, really, really great. Like you think about it after the film and just what the hell did that mean? Was that about the meaning of life? Then I read up about it. It's not about the meaning of life, but um, yeah, it's it's. Stun, stunning cinema, as a wanker would say. Um, anyway, that, that was my I, that was my date. I took myself. I took myself to the cinema. I dropped um, the kid at Nana's, and Nana's Nana had to look after her while Dad Dad went off and chilled himself out in the cinema, which sounds wrong. I oh, do you know what bloody happened in there though. I uh, someone got up and started having an argument with their partner in the middle of the cinema, and we had to shut it down. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was just really rude. It was almost a scuffle. A scuffle almost occurred because we're all enjoying the film and then a man started yelling at the other man who was having an argument with his, his uh, I guess, girlfriend or partner. And uh, they almost got a little bit... Violent. Someone kicked the chair, the back of the chair. Anyway, it was really... Yeah, it was rough stuff. But um, it added to the tension of the film. I also went out again. I went out... Um, I'm getting social, guys. I'm going out and doing things, which was just... I'm loath to do, but I'm doing it. I'm getting out there. I went and saw um, some cabaret, which is really not my thing to do, uh, as much as you think that it, it would be with you know the type of comedian I am. But I went and saw a show called Blanc de Blanc, which is uh, white on white, I guess it means, or white the white. Anyway, it was a yeah, so it was a white militant um, white supremacist uh, cabaret. Um, well, they all did flips and stuff and little Nazi salutes and we all cheered and agreed with, uh, I guess, you know, what they were talking about. No, it's not, it wasn't that. Um, it was just, it was called Blanc de Blanc and it was like a 1920s cabaret. It was crazy. Bubbles, feathers, sexy, like too sexy, a bit sexy for me. I'm a prude. I'm such a prude. I get weird. I, I do, I feel really weird when I see sexy stuff, but it was sexy and it was in the, um, an amazing new space that's opened up in Sydney called the Grand Electric, which is amazing. So it's a, like, like a speakeasy from the 1920s. Anyway, really, really good. I'm going to take my mother-in-law along to it because I reckon she'll like it because it'll be all cheeky and she'll see the sexy men do the sexy stuff and she'll feel funny and young again. That's weird. Um... Anyway, uh, what else has been going on? Oh, I want to talk about safe spaces and whether I'm allowed to make a joke about it or not. I don't know whether I am. I know that I've got this really cool song called I'm in my safe space. 
Um, but I don't know whether it's just going to... People just get so upset, so I'm going to try... I might debut it in Adelaide and see what happens. I'm writing... I'm writing the new show at the moment. It's called Content, so it's about lots of social media-ish stuff, but not really. It's very stupid at the same time, as you'd expect. But, um, yeah, there's some... I mean, I guess I'm, I'm touching on... I mean, I'm not touching on... I hate people to say touch on. You touch on your bloody credit card. You tap it, mate. And I'm touching on issues. I'm touching on me knee. Uh, anyway, I'm, there is some issue-based stuff in there, but I'm not re I mean, I'm skirting around the issues, but going into the issue and then back out again. Uh, I don't know what you call that. So, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm wondering whether I can make fun of safe spaces without sounding like an arsehole. Because, you know, I understand what a safe space is. If you're a vulnerable teenager, you're trans, or you know, you're in a, having a difficult time in your life with your sexuality... Um, even bloody being, you know, just racial discrimination and just, I guess, if you're, you know, I imagine around um, the times of September 11, if you were a young brown man, it would have been a really scary thing to be walking around anywhere, any Western country. So you'd want to go hang out with your other, like, brown mates. What the fuck am I talking about here? It does make sense in my mind. And that's a safe space in a way. But, um, yeah, I'm wondering whether I can make, um, yeah, I can make, make light of safe spaces yet i don't know they'll probably come and get me they'll come and get me hey come and get me mike cannon brooks mike cannon brooks where are you hey mike cannon brooks are you out there hey mike cannon brooks i hope you're doing good mike cannon brooks yeah Maybe there's a DJ out there that wants to go through all the podcasts where I've talked about Mike Cannon Brooks thus far and uh, send us a little uh, a little mix of it, and we'll buddy send it to him. That's what we'll do. I've not even like tried to get in contact with him. I'm just shouting out into the uh, into the podcast abyss, 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 abyss. Uh, just trying to get his attention. I don't know whether I will. Anyway, um, I want to get you for the silly Billy walk, silly Billy walk, yeah, yeah. Uh, more details on that coming soon. In the meantime, tax man. Oh yeah, he's the tax man. The tax man's coming to get me. The tax man's coming to get me, which is really really scary. So I might actually, God, I might have to actually uh, approach an in-law about borrowing some money. Oh my God, that's going to be that's a new low as a human. Is having to approach your your in-laws about potentially borrowing cash, which I don't I don't think I have to do. But I might have to do. And I've entertained the thought in my mind. Oh, sheesh. Anyway. Um, I've got... I have hope. I have hope. And that's my new word is hope. It's... Um, someone crocheted on a... Um, on a bit of cyclone fencing in Tempe in Sydney. Just a crocheted hope. The word hope in crochet. Uh, knitted. Would have taken a lot of time. And I was like, oh, that's a, it's such a great word is hope. And I know it was Obama and all that shit as well. But... Um, so I've been writing hope in my hand and also saying no to myself whenever I start to spiral in my head and start thinking those sad thoughts, the sad, bad thoughts. I uh, immediately, I'll just be walking down the street and I'll be like, no! Um, and it works. It really, really works. And also, you know what? Salad sandwiches. That's, the, that's another thing that worked. Oh, it was like a life-changing salad sandwich. Nothing posh about it. It was like a salad sandwich from the beach. Remember... When I was a kid, because I, I mean, I say I'm from Adelaide, but I'm actually from Perth. I was born in Melbourne. We moved to Perth, um, I think within a month or something. And I was raised there until I was like 11. And then we moved, 
no, not 11, 10. And then we moved to Adelaide. And I feel like I, I remember Adelaide more and there's richer memories there because that's where I sprouted my pubic hair. And I think where you go through your teen years and go through puberty and all those ups and downs, um, quite literally and metaphorically, I um, I attach myself to being an Adelaide person. Anyway, what was I talking about? In Perth? What was I talking? Oh yes, the the salad sandwich reminded me reminded me of the hot beach in Perth, and you'd go to the the milk bar and you'd you get a salad sandwich, and it was already pre prepared, wrapped in um, plastic wrap, and you get it out. It was a little bit soggy, but it was good. Anyway, this salad sandwich was like that. It was on wholemeal butter, um, and it had all the right ones on there. So iceberg lettuce, grated carrot beetroot you gotta have don't get shitty at me you gotta have beetroot i think there was some wispy sliced cucumber on there and this is the thing for me you gotta have alfalfa gotta have alfalfa on it and what else was on there i think i i had a, a slice of swiss cheese put on there and the new edition which wasn't back in my day um when i say back in my day i'm fucking for, nearly 45 this is ridiculous um uh, was uh, alfalfa you gotta have your alfalfa alfalfa on there a little bit of onion tiny bit of onion uh, mind you and that's it that is the most gorgeous oh such a great lot of lot of uh, white pepper as well white pepper's underrated i don't know why it's not used more you put white pepper in your mashed potatoes trust me people white pepper in your mashed potatoes seriously sensational it's such a great pepper i really i mean i love a ground black pepper especially if you're making uh this guy that's turning into a food podcast I like making uh, cacio e pepe, which is like a um, it's like a poor person's Roman pasta. You make it with spaghetti, and you when you boil your spaghetti, you, you keep a, you reserve a bit of the spaghetti water, and you mix it in with a whole lot of um, parmesan or you know whatever the other one is, and then tons of cracked pepper with the pasta water. Sounds disgusting, and it goes kind of like cheesy pepper. Anyway, delicious. But um, white pepper. Um, in your mashed potatoes, yes, and on your salad sandwich. What the hell am I talking about? Hey, speaking of food stuff, uh, after this, I'm going to be going upstairs to make my favourite. Um, my my favourite. It's almost well, it's famous in uh, you know within within a you know the family and a few friends. I make an amazing Szechuan oil, which is really really spicy and um, uh, it's it's a lip lip numbing, a tongue numbing um, Szechuan sauce, which is uh, you can just look up the Szechuan oil. You can just look it up online. Very easy to make and really really yum <gasps> oh far, far out sorry sorry i had to stop then and um i had a strange little uh coughing fit that i knew was just about to anyway doesn't really matter uh does anybody use flat sheets i've got someone staying with me at the moment um who a lovely lovely comedian from uh from uh, no well she's scottish but she was kind of raised in norway so she's kind of like norwegian scottish um i won't out her but anyway she's awesome and she's been staying here, and I just, I realise that, you know, when you go through your sheets and stuff, so I'm, you know, I set up the, the uh, little couch for her downstairs to sleep on, Rara, and I got the sheets out, and I had to, and I had to hunt around, I found I had, I had a whole lot of flat sheets, you know, I'd never used the flat sheet, I just, I've never really, I put the, you know, the bottom sheet on, the one with the elastic, I love an elastic, what a fitted sheet, love a fitted sheet, really, really simple, pop your fitted sheet on, then you just, you've got your doona, that's it, or a lightweight one for summer, but you don't get a flat sheet, so, and nanas, nanas love a flat sheet. Unless you like sleeping in, you know, the Alps or something like that. There's just no need for a flat sheet. Maybe we could have a flat sheet amnesty and uh, turn them into something for good. I don't know what. What would happen if we just knitted, everyone got together and knitted together or stitched together everyone's um, flat sheets they don't use, because you don't use them, and we'll make a giant, I don't know, like a giant tapestry. We'll all draw something on the flat sheet and it can be a memoriam 
a memorial of uh, of our time spent thinking about flat sheets. I don't know. Anyway, I was just it just it, it popped in my head uh, the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's my head. I mean, that's my head basically at the moment. I've been listening to a lot of B fifty twos as well. Oh my god! Do you know if you if you I mean if you I mean I'm sure I'm sure most of you know who the B fifty twos are. Um, if you don't, get into them because they're just one. I mean, they're kind of annoying. Rock Lobster's pretty annoying, but Rome is such an inspired, beautiful song about living your life and doing what you want. I just absolutely adore. It's my ringtone now. I change ringtones. I bloody cha- I used to have Minder. I could be so good for you. I'll make you happy. Which um, reminds me of my childhood. I remember Minder, that show with Dennis Waterman. I've lost a lot of you here, I'm sure. A lot of you are just like, what the fuck's he talking about? Uh, it was a TV show from Britain with a guy called Dennis Waterman who wrote his own theme song. And it was really, really good. Um, do I turn out like you want me to? I might even play it. I don't think I'd get in trouble for playing the Minder theme. Screw it. I'm going to play it. Here we go. I'm dropping it in. <laughs>
I hate saying banger, but it's a banger. It's a banger, guys. Big ups for bangers. God damn, I'm sick of, I'm sick of the youth. I'm sick of them. Actually, I like the youth. They're really, really young ones. It's just that fucking generation just below me. Anyway, I'm not going to say which one it is. You could work it out. I said my age before. Bloody bastards. They think they fuck... You know, that they, 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 they think they invented not being racist. That's the problem, that generation. The one I'm not going to mention right now. They think that they're the most righteous ones. They know everything that's right. And uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't know stuff. Like, we're all walking around until that sh fucking shit generation turned up and suddenly told us, oh, that racism is bad. Like, we didn't know that before. Oh, thanks a lot. We didn't know. Anyway, you idiots. Um, changing ringtones is a good thing to do, though. It's, uh, I, I feel, for your mindset for the new year or whatever it is, um, or just, you know, you've been in a bit of a funk, change your ringtone. That's, there, there's a little bit, I mean, it's not even very good advice. It's somewhat something of being some kind of advice. So, um, yeah, I did that. And it feels good. You know what doesn't feel good uh, is, again, being um, being viewed as looking like a, a sex pest near my child's um, kindy. Again, I got pulled up by some... I've had this so much in my life. And it is, it's face racism. It's because my face looks a bit dodgy because I've got a moustache. And if I'm wearing, you know, my Ray-Bans, yeah, I do look a little... I look dodgy. And if I've got my hat off, goodbye. You know, like, that's just like, hey, geez, who's that guy? Um, yeah, I got pulled up last week and I got pulled up again yesterday for looking like I was loitering looking in. I just wanted to look into the kindy to see my child playing to catch her at a candid moment. I like to see the way she interacts with kids and people around her when I'm not there. So I want to look in. And other people, I mean, if I was a lady, no one would care. Um, but because I look like what I do, again, face racism, that people look um, at me like I'm doing something wrong, like I shouldn't be there. Anyway, um, I've had it a lot. I had it at the Collingwood Children's Farm a few years ago. I just had a guy walk up to me at the Collingwood Children's Farm. And he just said, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I'm here with my kid. There she is. She's 10 metres in front of me. And then he said, is she? <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I didn't even think to myself. I mean, he was an old bloke to say to him, well, what are you doing here? I didn't see any kids with him. Why are you the bloody... Oh, there's a nice bird again. Hear that? Um, I didn't, I'm not there. I'm not there monitoring him where he... Don't worry what I'm doing. Just you live your life, I'll live mine. Um, anyway. These are things at the Institute. A precise history of things with Sam Simmons. The history of them. Them is they who think they're better than us. Us is we who know we're better than them. If they knew that we knew that they didn't know that we were better than they, then they wouldn't bother trying to get us to understand them better than they understanding us. Us is we who are way better than they, even though they thought that they didn't know that then before us then. But if we all knew that, then they wouldn't be better to them in the first place. Them being us in this instance. Them they's like to say words like can't and don't. You know those they says. They say don't stand too close to the microwave. But then how did they know that they were too close at near the microwave first? Microwaves are rad. Radiation. Radiation. It's us versus them, but who are they anyway? It's not them versus us, or us versus they, because to us we are we, but to them they are them. So if them are us and they are them, then who's that? I'm me. No, I'm me. No, you're you. Am not. What? Yeah. Then what's that? It. That's it. If we're all them, then there wouldn't be any us? I mean, that's what you are me. Us. I. My mind hurts!
I don't know what I just dropped in there then, but I hope you liked it. Hope it was good. Was it a little funny thing? Was it funny? I don't think I'm going to run it, roll, uh, run out of um, those little things. Um, I've got so many in there, but if I do, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to recycle like it's uh, advertising. Like I'm doing an advertorial for something. Hey, by the way, speaking, I'm going to do an advertorial for someone who's got a documentary, I believe. Anyway, so uh, some really nice messages this week. Andy Denning, thank you very much. Alex Kilroy said, keep up the good work, mate. Uh, I'd like to see you do a deep dive into Double Dare and Vidiot, which is, that's de definitely niche. I do remember Double Dare. I don't really remember Vidiot. But I do remember Eden Gahar, who I think was the host of Double Dare or Vidiot, one of them. And he went off to be a big producer in um, Los Angeles. How weird. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, Alex. Uh, Finn uh, said lots of lovely stuff and offered me help with services, uh, with uh, editing and stuff like that. Thank you very much, man. I Look, I, I do do it myself because um, it's I, I it's good for my mind. If I'm writing stuff and editing stuff myself, it means it's less time me thinking about dark thoughts so there you go uh finn said lots of lovely stuff he said ps you mustn't leave andrew on toast with sesame seeds what because his grandma has been found alive and well in the hills of argentina anyway just a thought thank you very much shark fin attacks so that was i think him doing a little he's been a little bit of a silly bugger at the end there gave me something bloody silly um thank you mate and uh i got a i got an email from hungry from see this is interesting she signed it Agnes, but her name said Yanka Gyor. It says, Dear Sam, I've not read this. I just know it's from Hungary because it said uh, from Hungary in the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, that thing, that, you know, subject line. I will, Dear Sam, I will write this letter on pure impulse and I will send it before it starts feeling like a very stupid idea. Ooh, this could be serious. I've not read this. By the time you read it, I will be full of shame, but life is too short to give things a second thought. The regret will mostly stem from the thought that at the age of 38, I have written something that can, from a certain angle, be viewed as a kind of fan mail, but it'll also be fueled by the typos I will discover immediately after pushing send. Yes, I do that as well. Oh no, I can feel it coming. Send quickly, quickly. I just wanted to say I live in Hungary and I listen to your podcast and it's, oh my God, it's oh, brilliant. Thank you. I actually started listening to it because I had problems falling asleep. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't fix the problem. I'm more, um, I'm more of an insomniac than ever. Uh, than before, but it's made me very happy, not the insomnia of your podcast, so please keep it up. Oh, that's such a sweet thing to write. Thank you very, very much. I hope, I want to help you get to sleep. Um, I don't know, I don't know how. There are things you can listen to. Listen to really b b boring stuff. My favourite was uh, a guy I used to work with called Louis McCurdy, and he used to put on the same DVD of um, Train Maintenance. It was a Train Maintenance DVD, and he'd watch it every night and i put him to sleep, the same thing every night. That could work. I don't think the light from the TV is very good for you, but um, I reckon you could do the same thing with ancient history podcasts and stuff like that. I've, I've tried doing that before as well. I drop really easily these days. I don't have insomnia because I have a... It's not melatonin. It's a, it's a synthetic drug that I take. God, I said, bloody, I'm full of drugs. I'm not. Um, a synthetic drug I take that reacts within the brain or triggers the center that melatonin is uh, triggering. 
Does that make sense? Or tripping. So anyway, I've um, I take that and I fall asleep within about half an hour. It's not groggy. It's not fun. It's not like a fun um, sleeping tablet. It's just like a more practical one. So I take that and I think that's uh, part of why I am. I still wake sometimes at 4 a.m. with a sheer dread of life and my debt with the ATO, but that's okay. Um, uh, she also wrote here, P.S. You said you are not collecting sandwich ideas anymore. But have you tried roast cauliflower? No, she's not going to eat a roast cauliflower sandwich. Jesus, what do you think? She's five. She's five years old. I don't know what's going on in Hungary. If that's some type of um, delicious sandwich for a child, but there's no, there's no way my daughter is going to eat a bloody roast cauliflower sandwich. Uh, okay, PPS or PSS? That's PPS. Um, don't you want? Don't you want to deep dive into the history of toothpaste, perhaps? Yeah, maybe I will. Actually, that's um, inter it is interesting because there's those people recently with toothpaste who are making millions and millions of dollars because they just changed the flavour. And I was like, yeah, of course you should change. Why are we continually brushing our teeth with mint? I understand the freshness of it, but there's. I mean, I don't. I'm not really attracted to like brushing my teeth with mango flavour, but I get that a lot of other people would. It's amazing stuff like that. It's just those moments where you think, God, why didn't? I mean, that's a pretty hardcore thing to go off and start up. But I guess they got the people involved, and people started it up, and it became a million dollar business. I think there were um, Kardashians like tweeting about it and all sorts of stuff. It's just one of those ideas where you just go, Oh, I could have thought of that. Like Uber, I could have thought of that. Everybody, everybody thought about Uber or Airbnb. Yeah, just come over and stay at my place. Airbnb. I thought of it first. Anyway, I might write a song about that. That could be good. Um, thank you, Agnes. That was a really lovely, uh, really lovely bit of feedback. And um, I hope you're well in Hungary and doing wonderful things in Budapest. I wonder if you're in Budapest. I'm not too sure. Kim Smith um, sent me a nice message. Loving your potty. How do we get our sticky fingers on some Nisha's quiche t-shirts? I don't know. I've not. I've got it all ready to go, but I'm so busy writing this new show that a lot of stuff is escaping me. I'm really on top of stuff, but I'm really not on top of stuff at the same time. I'm just creating, 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 which is a really good headspace for me to be in. So I will get around to t-shirts soon. She would like a deep dive on bindis. Um, now I'm going to explain to Angus, uh, sorry, Agnes, what a bindi is. It's like a small needle-like prick that um, grows in the grass. So it's like a thorn, like a little tiny thorn. I think there's another good word for it. Um, anyway, uh, jack, a jack mite, a jumping jack. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, so they, um, yeah, they stick in it, especially in hot, the hot months in Australia and the grass dries out. Oh, a bindi can hurt, bloody bindies. Uh, anyway, so, oh, she's saying in a cultural context and why are there less of them now? That's because, that's because of, or maybe they were in native grasses. It would be a very Australian thing, I imagine. I imagine it's Australian native grasses that would be bindies um, because it's this is one of the most hostile environments on the planet. Like, it is, this is like... I know they, land, they landed and the first people were here and they had nations everywhere and they had learnt over, you know, 50,000 years how to actually work this country because it is, it is a pretty inhospitable country when you think about um, flood and bushfires and just the roughness of the terrain and just how ancient and old it is. I think it's the oldest continent, unless I'm, it's one of the first, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm probably sounding very dumb here, but it's ancient, wasn't the, um, the Flinders Ranges used to be like three times the size of Mount Everest or something stupid like that, and erosion has made them that, you know, tiny now, but um, I think, yeah, and, and when you look at the animals, they're kind of, uh, they're at an evolutionary dead end. 
like marsupials and stuff like that and koalas they're just existing to not exist at some point you know what i mean does that make anyway i think that kind of makes sense so i imagine the bindi along with you know redback spiders and huntsmans and all that type of stuff uh also um yeah they're just out to get even the grass is out to bite you in australia basically um it's like white dog poos isn't it kim it's like white dog poos like where are they now why aren't there any uh left anymore and you know why there's no more white dog poos it's because dogs um are fed processed dog food these days not like in the olden days where you'd give them bones and you know real stuff to eat they just eat like you know slop out of a can or you know processed biscuits so what happens with a bone when it processes through the dog's gut is that it comes out the other end and it recalcifies. That's where white dog poos come from, people. That's where they bloody bloody... I am smart. He's smart, isn't he? Uh, Matthew Barker, he sent me... Oh, yeah, Matthew Barker's got an interesting one. So, hi, Sam. My name's Maddie from Adelaide. I work running music and art groups for people living with dementia in aged care. God, you sound like an asshole. Um, Nisha's quiche is how I like to unwind and smile after it. Thank you for the radio cuddles. It's very nice of you. Um, I know you want to elevate yourself above a clown, but clowns are a good tier for me and I can be exhausting, so look after yourself. Thank you very much. That's re- and that goes right back at you, Matthew, because um, you're caring for people and looking after them, but do look after yourself as well because uh, I imagine that could be pretty taxing. He wants me to do a deep dive on this whack Grim uh, Brothers Grim fairy tale. I'm going to. Um, so I'm going to hold that for another week. Uh, maybe I'll do it next week or the week after, but it definitely it's in the bank. It's in the niche bank. Um, cause it's, uh, I think it's going to be really, really good. Uh, yes. And he said here, I know I'm probably getting greedy, but I've got some theater that will be in the Adelaide Fringe Festival. It's a documentary theater piece. Oh, it's a document, what? Documentary theater about people living with dementia. It's about the characters I've worked with in the memory unit for the past seven years. I've tried to make it not too wanky, um, with a few ha-has along the way. Oh, so it's a piece of, th- you've written a piece of theater. I thought it was a documentary, documentary theater. I've never heard of that. It's at the Holden Street Cinemas. Uh, cinemas. Oh, bugger, man. That's really annoying. I'm in Adelaide until the 5th. I'm not going to be able to see it, Maddie. Um, I'm really sorry. I would have actually come along to that because that sounds great. But if you are in Adelaide, you can go. It's the Holden Street Theatres, 7th to the 19th of March. Um, 30 bucks for a concession, 35 bucks a bit more. Whole bunch of dates and times if you go there. So it's the, go to the Holden Street Theatres, uh, or just Google that, and you'll be able to find it. What's it called? The Fishbowl. The Fishbowl. That's clever. Because fish go around in a circle, then they forget what they're talking about, then they come back again. But I imagine it's uh, way deeper than that, because um, I imagine dementia's not, you know, it's not as simply uh, explained as that, like, from me. What? <laughs> Man talk dementia stuff, not good. Uh, that should be the name of the podcast. Man not do thing good. All right. Hey, um, let's let's play something here. And then we're going to come back for our deep dive topic, guys. I hope you're wikey. Like a horsey. Well, look, you've been waiting for it. Um, I've had so many requests for it. This week's deep dive topic is googly eyes. Googly eyes. Um, I feel that maybe I'm doing this... Uh, maybe it's from... Um, Google, googly Eyes are having a... They're having a moment because of that film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think I got that right, which is a really good film, by the way. It's... Um, gee, it's... Yeah, it's, it's... It's it's really complex and really... If you haven't had the chance to see it, it's extraordinary. And Ki Hai Kwan. Oh my God. Anyway, so anyway, it doesn't, that's, that's it. But Googly Eyes feature heavily in the film. And yeah, so Googly Eyes are having a moment, people. So here we go. We're going to get into uh, Googly Eyes. Googly Eyes. Um, and here's a little, just a little warning. For the medical condition, sometimes known as Googly Eye, 
See Strabismus, and for the American singer who performed as Mr. Google Eyes, see Joe August. <laughs> Is it real? Anyway, that was uh, Wikipedia. Googly eyes or wiggle eyes? They're not called wiggle eyes. That's ridiculous. Oh, wiggly eyes. Wiggly eyes make sense, but it's a googly eye. A small plastic crafting items used to imitate eyeballs. Googly eyes traditionally are composed of white plastic or card backing covering by a clear hard plastic shell encapsulating a black plastic disc. The combination of black circle over white disc mimics the appearance of sclera or the pu and the pupil of the eye to a humorous effect. And, it, and they do. They are, they are very, very funny. So there's, um, oh, I don't know the name of the road. There's a place that I think they sell Akubras or something. It's, um, it's on a really busy, rotten bit of road in Sydney. And it's got a picture of Lee Kernigan, I think it is, the, um, the country and western guy. And he's got an Akubra hat. And above, the, above that it says, real men wear hats or something like that. Or real men love Akubras or whatever it is. Um, and, but someone's put massive googly eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been there for years and it's so funny it's so very very funny it's, it's uh, anyway um, I, I, I love it and I think it's uh, I, I pretty much I'm pretty sure I read that someone on my Instagram feed was responsible but anyway it doesn't matter they're really really funny so here we go uh, the inner black disc is allowed to move freely within the larger clear plastic shell which make the eyes appear to move when the googly eyes are tilted or shaken the plastic shell comes in a variety of sizes alright we don't need all that the inner discs come in a variety of colours I didn't know that um, googly eyes are used for a variety of arts and crafts projects including pipe cleaner farm animals <laughs> this is ridiculous I love pipe cleaner craft. You know when you get your buddy the egg egg shell trays, no the egg cup trays, the where the eggs come in. They're carton. Shut up. You get the egg cartons and you get your pipe cleaners and some googly eyes. God, you're set for the day. I used to have pasta craft plates. They're really good. So you get dried pasta and you you glue them to a cardboard plate. Then you spray paint it gold. You're like, oh, it's creative. And I really love those. Um, Remember those plates you get when you're in kindy? I'm actually going to order some in where you can draw on the plate and you keep them forever. Anyway, I, I love this stuff. This is great. So you can make silly sock puppets. These are just some suggestions people have got here. Mischievous pranks. <laughs> so shit. And other creations. Googly eyes may also be attached to inanimate objects in order to give the objects a silly or cute appearance. This often personifies objects for a humorous effect or to make an object seem less threatening or more appealing. Yes. There is a word for this, pareidolia, or pareidolia, I think it is. But you know, um, so you know when you see something and you can see a face in it. So you might see a knot, a knotted wood in a tree, a tree knot, and you see a person's face, or you can look into a, a bathroom sink, and, or a toilet, sometimes looks like a face, or um, a coffee when it's being poured, and the foam, it looks like a face. Anyway, that's called pareidolia. And I guess uh, putting googly eyes on inanimate objects is kind of cheating, but it is kind of the same thing. Anyway, the name googly eyes may refer back to the early 20th century comic strip Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, and Barney had uh, Barney had Barney Google had characteristically exaggerated eyes. That makes sense, and had the song Barney Google with the goo goo googly eyes. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I think I do remember that. Barney Google with goo goo googly eyes. I might, I'll try and find it online and then I'll play it at the end of the podcast. They were prominently used in the Weeple. Oh, that's right, Weeples. So Weeples, I'll describe, they're like cotton wool balls with um, tiny fake feet with little, sorry, little cardboard feet. So cotton wool balls or little fluffy guys 
with little tiny googly eyes and um, little cardboard feet. I remember that from, that was kind of like little, a little bit before my time, but I still remember them at um, garage sales and stuff in the 80s when I was a kid. It's claimed that 400 million were sold between 1971 and 2012. Oh my goodness. Oh, hang on, is that Weebles or is that googly eyes? No, it's the... <gasps> Okay, they were used prominently in the Weeple promotional toys invented in the 1970s by Tom Blundell. So this is the guy who invented them, an, an executive of the toy company Bippo. Bippo! Um, who stuck googly eyes to small pom-poms out of boredom. The inventor claimed that four... Yeah, so he, he sold 400 million of them. That's insane. Isn't it just ridiculous what people make their money from? Anyway, similar toys have appeared since then, like the Wuppies. Um, don't remember them. Uh, in the 1980s, um, the Piralampo Pyram Magico, the Magic Firefly, uh, a popular toy sold annually in Portugal. Not annually in Portugal, annually. Um, googly eyes, uh, anyway. Beginning in the 2000s, the trend called eye-bombing. Here we go, this is it. A, a trend called eye-bombing emerged. Uh, of sticking googly eyes to objects in the urban environment. There you go, that's what that girl was doing. The inspiration for the movement has been claimed by French artist uh, Dorbrechenikar. But you can't claim it, you can't bloody, you didn't invent the googly eye, and you can't say you were the first. It's like me saying I was the first to think about um, doing Airbnb. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't prove it. The Guinness World Records recognises a pair of googly eyes measuring 3.7 metres in diameter made in 2019 as the largest ever. That'd be really good to put on a building. I'd love to see large googly eyes on a building. That would look cute. It remains unclear exactly where and how Barney Google's eyes jump from the pages of a newspaper to become three-dimensional objects. All right, so we don't know where they came from. So I guess the guy who kind of really made all the money was the guy who made those little uh, whoppies or weeples or whatever they are. So we don't actually know, but it's really weird because someone's actually made it. Anyway, on the crafting end, the internet is chock-a-block uh, full of googly eye inspired ideas to keep kids busy and make utilitarian objects a little more enjoyable. Bloggers show how to transform a mix of pine cones. I've got pine cone, people! What do you mean? I can bloody... I invented that. Uh, pine cones, brown pipe cleaners, and googly eyes into spiders. No, I don't want to make it... I, I like them to be shit-looking. The googly eyes foundation... Oh, there's a foundation. Here we go. Um has made it their mission to place the plastic eyes on objects in as many public spaces as possible. They describe themselves as a group of artists, creatives and happy people living in three different continents that decided to spread uh, happiness around the world. But that's nice. That is nice. I'm normally against that stuff, but, um, you know, I am doing the silly billy walk, but that, that does sound nice. Their street art projects have included affixing googly eyes to a mangled trash can, street grates, bike racks, adding personality to objects that might we, we might otherwise pass without noticing. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, most recently, self-driving car designers have even capitalised on the empathetic power of googly eyes. After a 2018 survey revealed that as many as 73% of Americans don't trust autonomous cars. Oh, then if you chuck a couple of googly eyes on them, you'd be like, oh, that's good. I like that. Oh, I'm getting that. I'll trust, I'll trust my life. I'll put my infant daughter into this autonomous car um, and you can drive it around with your googly eyes. I trust you. That's, that's the methodology there, which is cute. I wish I could turn art into, I mean, art versus commerce, isn't it? Or art and commerce. Maybe I'll start making wobbly cocks. You've got googly eyes, you've got wobbly cocks. Um, anyway, that, that'll be my multi-million dollar idea. Yeah. Well, that was, that, that's the potty. I hope, you, I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to next week. I'm going to get into this really weird Brothers Grimm 
um, story, which, uh, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's really creepy and weird. So we'll get into that. And, um, yeah, thank you uh, to everyone who supports me on Patreon uh, for as little as a bloody three bucks or not even, not even half a coffee, really. Two-thirds of a coffee uh, a month you can shout me to keep uh, the podcast going, keep the electricity on and stuff. like. Anyway, it's, it's hard being an artist and struggling, but you don't have to as well. You can listen for free, but I do really appreciate um, what you're doing. And um, what else do I have to tell you? Oh, that's all right. I'm on tour. So get your tickets quickly for Melbourne because that's um, close to going. It's nearly gone. So get on quickly for the comedy festival there. And uh, Adelaide as well, which their bloody tickets are shifting. They're suddenly shifting. Um, and I know where, you know, people are freaking out. We might be heading into a recession. I don't know whether we are. Um, and we all need to laugh, don't we? And I've got to say, this show is going to be sensational. And if you... Yeah, don't miss out, because this is going to be, I think, the best show I've done. And I know that sounds really arrogant, but I'm in a better frame of mind than I have been, I think, ever. Um, thanks to getting my brain balanced, getting my wheels aligned in my head. I went to bow repairs for my head, um, which I guess is kind of like, you know, that's the type of thing when you go to therapy and stuff like that. It is like going to um, Bob Jane Team Arts and getting your head aligned. Um so realigned anyway so yeah so get it get on get on top of that if you uh want to take it to a show and i'm coming to perth as well i think that's being announced next week i think so perth in i think i'm there in june anyway so perth is coming adelaide's definite um melbourne is on i don't know when i'm coming to brisbane i'd love to go to hobart soon um and lonnie um and where else is there in the country i've never done one in i have done a gig in darwin but i'd love to do a gig in darwin and i'd love to go to alice so is anybody listening in uh, Alice Springs, I'd love to go. And also Wyong. By the time this podcast comes out, I would have already done Wyong. So there you go. Anyway, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope you're all good. And remember, please do contact me. SamNishesQuiche at gmail.com. SamNishesQuiche at gmail.com. I'll drop it into the podcast here. SamNishesQuiche at gmail.com. And uh, send me any, any thoughts or ideas that you'd like for a deep dive topic on uh, Nisha's Quiche. And uh, any dreams you've had that I can reinterpret, anything really, just uh, yeah, get, get in contact. I'm always happy to, um, to solve, your bloody, solve your miseries in life. Even if you've got some miseries in life, bloody write them down, I'll solve them for you. Boyfriend problems, girlfriend problems, bloody chair, bloody chair maintenance, bloody whatever you need. I mean, I don't really know how to reupholster a chair, but I could, I could help you out. I could give you some, I guess, some type of moral support. Anyway, um, look, look after yourselves. Be kind to everybody. Don't judge. Don't believe everything you read. God, I sound like a, cons- a conspiracy theorist podcast, like Woody Harrelson in that. Remember that? Um, two- oh God, I've watched it too many times. It's such a piece of trash. That film, 2012, with John Cusack. It's awful. It's such an awful movie, but I just can't help but watch those kind of terrible, like yeah, Armageddon. Um, is that the one where he goes and they go into space and have to blow up a meteor? Anyway, all that stuff. Love, tra- love that type of trash. That's great. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go watch Triangle of Sadness this weekend, so I'll let you know about that one next week. I hope you guys there yeah, are doing good and lots of love to you. And I will see. I'll be in your ear holes next week, like a little tiny baby, like little 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 earwig. I'm a little earwig in your ear hole. Bye. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Just before I go, here's a um, here's a last little um message of buoyancy to help you get through. If your workmate leaves their lunch in the fridge. Why not cut the crusts off their sandwich for them? Then put a post-it note with a crudely drawn picture of a naked stick man between the slices of bread.
never knew. I don't know what politician you have reference to. Well, it is that Mr. Bryan, that it must be Mr. Hughes. Again, you're wrong, and to the throng I'm going to introduce that Barney Google with a goo-goo googly eye. Barney Google had a wife three times his size. She sued Barney for divorce. Now he's living with his horse. Barney Google with a goo-goo googly eye. Barney Douglas Fairbanks that the ladies rave about When he arrived to make the wives chase all their husbands out Why, it's their Barney Google with a goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-goo-go